Hello everyone. Today in our Royal Road series, we visit Nazareth. Now in the days of Jesus, Nazareth was quite an obscure place. In fact, one person said, can anything good come from Nazareth? But God in his sovereignty chose that Nazareth was going to be the place where his son lived for many years of his life. But particularly, it was the place where he was parented. Jesus, as the Son of God, needed a heavenly father, but he also, as the Son of Man, needed good, hand-picked parents. And so, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up in this little place called Nazareth. Cliff Baxendale is an artist within the Lincoln location of Alive. When he heard that we were doing a series called The Royal Road, he decided to put some artwork together, some pastel artwork depicting the story. You know, when we proclaim the gospel, we don't just proclaim it verbally. Uh, we don't just sing, uh, but we can also have the, all of the arts, the visual arts, to show and declare the story that we believe in. And Cliff, I'm really grateful that you've put some hard work into these pictures and we want everyone to be able to share in them. Thank you so much. God bless. I love hearing carols at Christmas. I think they're fabulous. We should have them all year round. Except then they might not be quite so special. Um, one of my favourite verses, I've got lots of favourite carols, but one of my favourite verses goes like this. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. We have been this season on the royal road, following Jesus and Mary and Joseph on their journey. But Jesus' journey didn't start in Bethlehem. The first three words of the Bible in Hebrew, and for those who speak Hebrew, forgive my accent, are Bereshith Elohim bara. Elohim means God, but it means a plural God. Right at the dawn of creation, God was Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Jill Bristow has a lovely phrase where she says, in the Garden of Eden, Eve picked the apple and Jesus prepared to leave for Jerusalem, for Bethlehem. So our royal road, where we've been to Bethlehem, we've been to Egypt, and today we're going to Nazareth, actually began in creation. And in secular society, you have lots of superheroes. They've all got an origin story. They've fallen into a cave of bats, or they've been bitten by a radioactive spider, or they've come from another planet. Christmas is the best origin story of all, of a real-life person. And I think the reason we have so many superheroes in society is because a secular world has a gap, doesn't have God doesn't have Jesus, doesn't have someone beyond us that we can look up to, who we can trust. So the title for today is Messiah Parented. In John, there's a sentence that I think it's quite easy to skip over. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
And then we go on to the rest of the passage. But just think, the word, God, became flesh and dwelt among us. We, it's very easy to think that Jesus is God. But Jesus, when he came, was fully human. One of his favorite titles for himself, it's used a lot in the Gospel of Mark, is Son of Man. He came as a tiny baby. He wasn't a superman baby that could move tall mountains with his poor hand even. He was a tiny human baby. He was fully dependent on his parents for warmth, for food, for protection. He was vulnerable. And I think when we think about the Messiah parented, that really brings home to us the incarnation of God coming down to us in the person of a tiny little baby. If you had laid Jesus in a line with all the other babies, would you have been able to pick him out? I don't think you could. I mean, obviously you could tell he was the human in the stable. But amongst other human babies, I don't think you would. And babies need parents. Jesus was sent into a family with a mother who was totally submitted to the will of God, whose response when she was told she was going to have a child was, I am the handmaid of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your will. And she, had, he had a, she sat and she pondered. She didn't meet the shepherds and the wise men and immediately understand but we're told that she thought about things and she prayed about them and she pondered them through the years. What was Jesus' father like? If I can have the Bible verse, please. This is in Matthew. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judah in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would become a na- be called a Nazarene. Jesus' father is a really interesting figure. He's a man whose fiance got pregnant. In that culture, in that time, this was not something that was easy for Joseph to deal with. Mary brought shame on herself, she brought shame on her parents, she brought shame on her fiance by being pregnant before she was married. And as, as we know from the passage, Joseph decided that he would quietly divorce her. So even in the human, Joseph was someone who respected Mary. He was kind. He thought about other people's feelings. But he was also ruled by his culture. But then an angel appears, and Joseph completely changes his mind. As far as Joseph is concerned, God has spoken. I believe I will marry Mary. Again, in this passage... Joseph's in Egypt, an angel appears and says it's safe, and he completely trusts and travels back to Israel. 
Joseph is somebody who actually puts the leading of God over his culture and his feelings. So that is who Jesus grew up with, parents who were totally submitted to the will of God, who were humble, who were obedient, and obviously who loved him. And yet, let's not think of Jesus' childhood as totally perfect and Jesus as a child that never called his parents any worry. In Luke 2, we have a very familiar story. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual, and after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travellers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know they must, that I must be in my father's house? That they didn't understand what he meant. Lest we are tempted to think that Jesus' parents were totally on board with the Messiah thing right from birth, Jesus did things that surprised them. I have a similar story from one of my offspring's childhood. I can tell this story if I do not identify the offspring who I am going to call Percy. When Percy was a little boy, we were rushing out and I needed Percy to put his shoes on. Percy did not want to put his shoes on. So I said, no, 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 sit on. So I sat Percy on the bottom of the stairs. You need to put your shoes on. I'll help you. I don't want to put my shoes on. And I got more and more frustrated. This was not usual behavior for Percy. But Percy did not want to put his shoes on. I was getting more and more irate. And I was getting crosser and crosser and crosser. And doing that thing where as a parent, you don't want to shout, but you're really close. And suddenly I thought, why does Percy not want to put his shoes on? So I, I asked him. And he said, I want to put my cup in the kitchen. Because what he had observed was that generally, before we left the house and they were little, I would put all the cups and plates that were lying around in the kitchen and I'd plump up the cushions. So when we got back, it was nice and tidy. And Percy wanted to help me in that process. Sometimes, motive is not clear with children. To Jesus, from the passage, it's totally clear. It's my father's house. I'm learning about him, I'm talking about him. But to Mary and Joseph, it was, you have been missing for three days. And what I love about that story is it's just a totally natural story. It's a human story. And I really hope that as a parent, I wouldn't have clipped Jesus around the ear when he said, why didn't you expect me to be here? It's a human family with slightly dodgy, slightly dodgy origins. Jesus' genealogy, which I'm going to get on to um, later, is quite actually interesting. And it's a family that is very rooted in the town of Nazareth. For Jesus, Nazareth was a place to reach the world. 
Jesus is identified in his culture as a Nazarene. In Matthew 21, when Jesus is on the donkey coming into Jerusalem and everyone's shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, we are told that the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar and asked, who is this? And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And lest you think that Nazareth was a prestigious place to come from, in John 1, when Philip is trying to introduce Nathanael to Jesus, Nathanael says, nothing good's ever come out of Nazareth. Nazareth was not a big, important, prestigious place. It was a hill town, a backwater. And yet, along the bottom of the hill ran a major trade route between the Mediterranean Sea in the west and the markets of the Far East, Asia, China, to the east. So although Nazareth itself was not a prestigious place, Jesus grew up with all the world's trade going down the bottom of his hill. It was a place it was easy to get out from. Sort of the opposite of all roads leading to Rome, all roads could lead out of Nazareth. So why did God place Jesus in Nazareth for 30 years? Why didn't he put him in Jerusalem? Much easier to get around to everybody. Often thought, why didn't he put them in today? Because Jesus could have had a fantastic Twitter account. But no, he put him in a a hill town for 30 years. And I think what we need to remember is that This was subverting the messianic expectations of the day. The Jewish people expected the Messiah to be a king, a war leader, who was going to overthrow the Roman occupation. And if Jesus had been born in Jerusalem, those sort of expectations would have been increased. But if you're born in Nazareth, where nothing good ever comes from, you are free to be the Messiah that God is calling you to be. You are free to be not the king of Israel, but the servant king. You are free to be led by the example of your parents and totally submit everything in you to God. Remember, Jesus says he only does what he sees the father doing. So Nazareth gave him a quiet, humble place where he could work at a trade, and where he could really think about who he wanted to be, who he was called to be as a Messiah. But Nazareth is something else. Nazareth is also a branch from David's root. At the end of the um, passage from Matthew that we started with, it says, this fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Now, if you go to the passage in Isaiah that is cross-referenced in your Bible, the verse that is referenced is, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. It does not actually use the word Nazareth, Nazarene at all. Does. Because the word for branch in Hebrew, netzer, is the root of the name Nazareth. Which is why Matthew referenced this verse from Isaiah. And the 
the town of Nazareth was founded by a clan of David's family. When the Jews returned from exile under King Cyrus in Persia, one section of the family settled in Nazareth. They didn't go back to Jerusalem because there was a non-Davidic clan, i.e. people who weren't descended from King David, already ruling in Jerusalem. And in their society, they would have just been slaughtered. In fact, Herod, when he came to the throne, destroyed all the Jewish genealogy so nobody could claim to be descended from David anymore. So they settled, instead of settling in Jerusalem, they established the town of Nazareth. So the whole town was in some way probably interrelated. Not very closely, all of them, but they were a clan, they were a branch of David's family living in a town that they have called the branch of David's family. And this is probably why, incidentally, for those who've always wondered, that it took Mary and Joseph three days to notice that Jesus wasn't with them. They were traveling with family. They just assumed he was off playing with somebody else. I've always wondered about that, but I think that makes sense. So you have this obscure town, but it has a great origin. It's not just a town of random people. It's a town of royal descendants of David. And if you remember, David himself has that story of being raised from the obscurity of being a shepherd to the king of Israel. Just as Jesus is raised from the obscurity of being a carpenter's son to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why Matthew makes it very clear in Matthew 1 that Jesus is descended from David. And this is why you have a very long genealogy that starts with Abraham, goes through David, and ends up with Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. So why is it important that we think about how the Messiah was parented? Why is it important that we know that Nazareth was a branch of David's root. It's because family shapes who we are. Where we're from shapes who we are, for good and for bad. For those of us that maybe don't have the perfect family background, neither did Jesus. If you look in his genealogy, there's murderers and other things that I'm not going to mention. But there are some pretty dodgy characters in Jesus' genealogy. And yet, that's the family God chose to put him in. These are the parents God chose to give Jesus. A Jesus, a Messiah who was fully human, who was a servant king, but who was Emmanuel, God with us. The Jews were expecting a Messiah that would go out and conquer and bring judgment on the occupiers. But God sent them a Messiah who didn't bring judgment, but bore judgment on our behalf. No matter what our origins, Jesus can redeem them. It doesn't matter about your family background and your place. If that has brought damage to your life, Jesus can redeem it. And he knows everything we go for, we went through. We 
were sinful humans. We were rejected. We were alone. But the creator of the universe became God with us. And he has made us his sons and his daughters. And when I was preparing this, I was struck by the parallels between Nazareth and Wyndham. Wyndham is, sorry, a fairly obscure little town that has an important road running past it. We have the A11 that will take us to Norwich, which almost became the capital of the country, and London, which is the capital of the country. It's not a town that's brilliantly known. We are not the biggest church in Wyndham, but this is a place that we can go out from. This is a place where we are not going to parent each other because we're adults, but the adult version of parenting is discipling. This is a place where we can disciple each other. This is a place where we are joined together by ties of blood. Jesus' blood. So what I would like us to do today is make a commitment that we are going to go out from this place. You can do it next week. Invite somebody. (laughs) Tell them about Christmas. Say, we've got this amazing service that's going to happen. Why don't you come and find out why we bother? This is a place where we can be strengthened and supported and discipled so that we can go and tell people about the God of God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. But just one little word of warning. Mary and Joseph travelled back for three days thinking Jesus was with them. I think whatever we do, it's always important to check that Jesus is with us. Sometimes For me, it's a lot of the time what I think is an amazing idea God wants nothing to do with. He's over here doing something else. Like Jesus, let's make sure that we are doing what the Father's doing. We're not traveling three days in the opposite direction. And Jesus is over here and we're over here. So as we go out, let's pray. Who do you want me to talk to? When do you want me to talk to them? How do you want me to serve the town of Wyndham? who do not know you. And sometimes it all gets a bit distant, but that's when we need to remember that Jesus bore judgment for us. And in the words of the salvation prayer, if I can have that, please. We need to every day say that we need Jesus, that we need him walking with us. We need his grace. We need to every day thank him for dying on the cross. We need his forgiveness. And we need to remember that he is Lord and Saviour. And in the words of Beth Moore that I was listening to this week, we have been fired from the position of tiny Jesus. There's only one Jesus and it's not us. There's only one person who is in charge here. So can we say these words together, please? Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your grace to forgive me and your love to change me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me for the sin in my life. 
I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. With your help, I will live my life for you. Amen. Can I have a band, please? So we have travelled with Jesus from Bethlehem to Egypt to Nazareth, and next week we finish our series in Jerusalem. The royal road started at creation and leads to salvation. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because he is the God who is with us. Remember, it doesn't matter that we come from an obscure town. It doesn't matter if we have humble origins. Right here, right now is a great place to go, for God to start to use us. All we have to do is follow the example of Jesus' parents. We are the servants of the Lord. May it be done to us according to his will. Can you stand, please? Father God, in the words of the carol, we say, Holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Come to us. Abide with us. Our Lord Emmanuel.